0: I'm Robert Therrell. I'm Chase Bridges. And we both want to be screenwriters. So listen along as we find out how. Each week, we'll outline a new short film.
1: And maybe even write some of our favorites. This is Written By. Joker impression. How are your headphones, Rob? turn me down just a little bit. PD had your headphones earlier, and he was like, oh up, Yeah. So, check, 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 check. These are these are my headphones.
0: Yeah, I was about to say that.
1: Check, 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 check. Is that you? Yeah, that's. Wait, is that me? Check 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 that's me either okay check 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 check
0: check 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 yeah that's me yeah turn me down it's all the way off oh well, then maybe that's not I thought that was okay okay this is the last one okay check 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 check
1: all right is that good right there Turn
0: it up a little bit a little bit more a little bit more. Yeah, right there.
1: Okay, yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh man, check one, two. Now I need to turn me up. All check. right. How you doing, man? I'm good. I think I might keep all that in. I was about to say we need to let them hear the entire <laughs> mic check. That that's what it's normally like in
0: here.
1: Uh, I'm very tired. How are yeah. you,
0: man? Yeah, I feel that. I'm a. This is like the busiest month work-wise for me. It still hasn't like fully picked up, but I'm just like bracing for it. I understand. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Church. Church work. Uh uh-huh. Is
0: a. It's a lot
1: harder than people think. Yeah. There's a lot that goes on in a church.
0: Yeah. I mean. Yeah, especially particularly one like the one I'm, I'm at. We'll get yeah. too into it, because, you know, we get... One that loves the Lord. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, oh, man. I saw I saw a really great movie this past week. What movie? So, I've been trying to, like, watch through all the Kurosawa movies. Because I'm, nice. I'm finally at the level where it's like, okay, I actually need to buckle down and watch all these movies. <laughs> it's I like watched... a, It's like homework. I know. See, it always starts out as homework, especially, like, with the... Really old, like black and white or like foreign movies. Yeah. But like once you get into it, yeah, like, they're really is awesome. some of the best movies. Yeah. yeah,
1: I need to do that. I feel like I have such a long list of things I have to catch up on and uh, watch, dude.
0: Yeah, I watched this movie, Ikaru. I think that's how it's pronounced, Ikaru. Maybe okay. I don't know Japanese, but Ikaru. Honestly, probably one of the best movies I've seen this ever? year. It's oh. yeah, yeah, or may, maybe even ever. It might rank wow. there. I I I discovered it because the dude that directed the first Doctor Strange movie, he's very adamant about that being his favorite movie, and he tweets about it all the time. Oh, but yeah, it's about it's about a dude that works. He like works for the government for like a boring, mind numbing job where he's always like pushing off work for other people to do, and then he like gets stomach cancer, and then his life changes with that and it's just about like the meaning of life and everything and oh, wow. it's one of the best endings i've ever seen but then like the trippy thing about it was i was like speechless after this movie was done and i keep i keep like a log of every movie i watch for the first time every year i mm-hmm. keep like a list of it nice and when i put it in it was movie number 42 which if you know hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy it's like a plot point that they're trying to find the meaning of life, and they oh, find snap. a computer algorithm, and the algorithm says the meaning of life is forty two. Like, which is the movie like, you just yeah. watched? I, mean, <sighs> I was like, "Whoa!" I need to watch that too. Yeah, and then the forty third movie I watched was Ants, the Woody Allen. Movie. <laughs>
1: it's a good thing that one wasn't. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i I
1: highly recommend that movie i need to do that i need to keep a track of all these movies i watch yeah i I just love movies
0: yeah i finally caved last year and became active on letterboxd but i still i love i just like i keep an iphone yeah and that's still my favorite way to do it like i still update that
1: i i'm on letterboxd like i go in whenever i watch movie. i click Mm -hmm. i watched it and stuff but it's just like it's another chore
0: yeah it's another social media see I don't, I don't like reviewing on letterbox like i don't want to like give my thoughts immediately after watching something oh, yeah, i don't either but i, I do don't. really enjoy watching what all my friends are watching <laughs> that's true maybe i need to get more active on it
1: but my thing is is what if my opinion's dumb and then like everybody's like what an idiot because i whenever i watch a movie i immediately go to the most positive like me too. Me too. Yeah. Cuz like I watch a movie like wanting to enjoy it. Exactly. So. And so sometimes I feel like I'll give a positive review of a movie and they'll be like, "Are you dumb? That was the worst movie ever." And I'm like, "No, it was good."
0: There, <laughs> good moments. <laughs> there are a few people I follow on Letterboxd. I think like Jim Cummings actually like started this trend, but he'll only leave a rating if it's a 5-star rating. Like okay. he won't comment on a movie or like he'll review it but he won't like give like a star rating unless it's 5 stars okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's kind of how i move a little bit but i typically just hit watched like yeah that's what i do
1: uh-huh <laughs> well that's letterbox tips with robert and chase
0: yeah i'm uh i'm at robert actually no i'm just robert isaac on Letterboxd. you're
1: about to be like just robert i was like you got just robert <laughs> I
0: ju- yeah i was the first robert oh wait no 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 i do have it it is robert two underscores isaac like letter- yeah, everywhere it. else let me
1: do mine too maybe maybe let's get a community going yeah
0: let's get our our letterbox thing going that'd be fun yeah also if any listeners follow us on letterboxd let us know we'll follow you back yeah i don't follow a lot of people
1: what is my uh how do you use it i feel like an old man trying to figure out
0: hold on do i follow you on here
1: i follow you i don't know if you follow me i'm gonna be pretty heartbroken if you don't uh i am bridges parody that's mine, guys. Bridges Parody.
0: I uh... oh, I don't uh, follow you now. Wow.
1: <laughs> I only follow two people. You and my girlfriend.
0: The only Radiance I see are, are Gunner's short film. Very good. And then the Durango kids.
1: <laughs> I'm a simple man, Robert. I support my friends.
0: Wait, how do I not follow you? I've seen this review. <laughs> I've seen this review. I don't know <laughs>
1: I'm very passionate about it. Well, since we're talking about this review, I'm going to put it up on the Instagram. (laughs) Uh, It's funny. Um,
0: Also, check out Wages the Same, Gunner Willis. Great. Yeah,
1: dude, super fun. There's uh, Dodgeball Throwing Demon Children. My favorite. (laughs) Really, though, like genuinely,
0: I love weird stuff like that. Yeah. Dude, speaking of weird stuff, this this rival pitch I got. (laughs) (laughs) Nice segue. I mean, I'm very excited.
1: So uh, this is a listener-suggested rival pitch. Yeah, I have
0: I have the email out. Yeah, read here. the email. Read the email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got an email from. All right, no, it's gone. Hold on.
1: Hey man, you really dropped the ball on this one.
0: <laughs> yeah, we got an email from Jessica.
2: Jessica. She, said
0: she enjoyed the rival pitch episode. Thank you. And it brought back memories of having to do that a lot for college film classes. Sounds like you had an actually good class. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a good class. I didn't. I didn't get to do that in any like film classes. I did take a great playwriting class. Shout, Amy Dunlap, Abby. Abby shouted her out on her yeah, yeah. episode. Yeah, great great class. She's all right. I'm joking. <laughs> I did.
1: I made that joke at the other episode.
0: <laughs> so she said it would be fun to see a pitch about either a classic book character or a public domain adaptation.
1: And and Jessica, we just need to let you know, Jessica. <laughs> Jessica, not only do we agree that that's a great idea, but a year ago or two years ago? Two years ago. Two years ago, me and Robert, the first thing we ever did together, right? Uh, We wrote a feature film based on characters from the public domain, famous literary characters.
0: Yeah, like either right before or right when the pandemic happened, like we had started working together with Shama for a little. You like Twitter DM'd me, an idea yeah. about what if various characters in the public domain got together in like an Avenger style super team. And guys, we wrote it. Yeah, we wrote the whole thing and remotely so over quarantine It cat. Yeah.
1: And that's what, actually, that's what led us to wanting to yeah, do this. that's what
0: inspired this. Yeah,
1: because uh, we wrote that over the phone
2: uh-huh.
1: um, and then we did Single with Fangs. We wrote that kind of over the phone, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. And then we were like, we'll do a podcast. But guys, it's so
2: good.
0: Yeah, it's so good.
2: Yeah, so, yeah. Not not
0: only is your idea good, we have written the entire like almost two hundred page, yeah, giant multi million dollar blockbuster epic.
1: Like I, we would never be able to make it if we're yeah. not like like Sam Raimi. Yeah,
0: that's why. That's the but, only reason why we haven't gone back. And to this is it,
1: something i wanted to pitch to you. Yeah, uh, is I think that we should
0: make it as a comic book series see i thought that too and you i i thought i pitched that to you and you're like no it'd work better as a podcast and it was like i don't want to do the
1: sound no i remember (laughs) hey we're gonna argue on the air no when you pitched it as a comic book Uh i was like yeah let's do it but then we were like well maybe we should get more involved in the comic community
0: Uh, that's true yeah
1: but now that i've learned that on fiverr you can just hire (laughs) comic book artists dude if we can get the money listeners send us money dude, if you want to see this comic book, we can't
0: do it on fiverr let's do it
1: it's a pretty good comic book artist i'll show you this guy's work i've been talking to him uh okay. you've been talking to, <laughs> okay, been talking okay. to <laughs> him i can't i can't help myself oh, i okay. want to make a million things all the time
0: yeah. you know our uh the sound guy we work with a lot Who's mm-hmm. gonna be on double date mm-hmm. he uh He's involved a lot in the comic book community. Yeah. We need to talk to him then. Yeah, we do. Because I have some really good
1: ideas. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I've been waiting to pitch this to you because I've been I've been talking to this guy.
0: (laughs) But needless to say, Jessica, we've already done public domain. So this week we are going with classic literature adaptations. Which there's a lot of overlap. Yeah. There's a lot of overlap. Yeah. I even I got so into my idea for this one, I looked into it and Sure enough, it looks like the story is in the public domain. So who knows? Hey, maybe we'll we make could a comic book. Actually, make it.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> guys, I'm so serious about being a comic uh-huh. book writer.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, I'm very excited to hear yours. You're going first this week.
0: All right, cool, cool. So, I was racking my brain trying to find out what to do this week. I was looking at all the books that I had read in high school middle school, all those things. And the problem I kept on running into was a lot of them already had movies. They were already pretty well-known movies. But then one of the authors... <laughs> <laughs> one of the authors I kept on coming back to was Kafka. Do you know who he Oh, is? yeah, of course. No, yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I never read his stuff in school. I discovered it later on. But yeah, Kafka's work... Is like really trippy and weird, and his most famous book, The Trial, I looked into, but Orson Welles had made it. Into oh wow! A movie, okay, back in the day. And it's called
1: Citizen Kane. <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> but Franz Kafka has a novella that actually like some of his most famous imagery that we know him for. Like, either comes from The Trial or this book. But this book that I'm doing for my rival pitch is The Metamorphosis. Interesting. The Metamorphosis? Yes. So, the basic plot of this book is a dude works in a sales job that he hates. The daily grind is just too much for him. He's supporting his entire family, a mom, a dad, and his sister, His dad had lost a lot of money in a failed business venture. Hey, we've been there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The other, the two women didn't work in the family. He was providing for everyone. Mm. And then one day he wakes up and he has transformed into an insect. (laughs) Whoa. I was not (laughs) expecting that. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Dude wakes up and is like, oh crap, I am a giant beetle or a cockroach or whatever.
1: Whoa. If
0: you've ever seen like, Oftentimes in, like, a textbook where they mention Kafka, there will, like, be a picture of a cockroach or something. It's, like, you know, imagery from this yeah, book. Yeah, here. But
1: need to look it up.
0: Dude wakes up. He's a cockroach. First thing he does, oh, freak man. out. Second yeah. thing he thinks of is, oh, no, I'm going to be late for work. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> and so the short is about him. His family is knocking on the door trying to figure out what happened to him. His manager from work like, comes to his house. It's like, hey, what's up? You're late. What gives? So they open the door. They all see that he's a cockroach. They all freak out. And what ends up happening for the rest of the story is increasingly he's becoming a burden on his family and his family is in financial trouble because he's no longer the breadwinner of the family. Mm -hmm. And so his family starts to resent him. They all get some jobs. It's revealed...
2: yes, terrifying. (laughs)
0: It's revealed that the dad all along had some money saved up that they're dipping into, Hmm. but they still have to work a little bit. And it finally ends with they're all so angry at him because he's just like this parasite in their home, and he's not contributing, and they all have to work. Even though he used to support them <laughs> while they were all freeloading, that doesn't yeah. matter to them. They're all angry at him. And then finally, in like a fit of rage, the father like throws an apple at him and <gasps> gets lodged in his like back, and then he ends up dying. Oh, no. So is that the ending? Yeah. And basically, what this story is getting at <laughs> <laughs> is... It's kind of an allegory for the way society is set up, like your worth is determined by your ability to work. But there are a lot of people out there that for whatever reason, they just kind of can't work, whether it's... Like disability. Yeah. If you get injured at work, if you're disabled, also like various mental issues. Like You think about how most homeless people are veterans that like, got effed up in the war and now they can't work yeah yeah and so the the story is like basically getting at that where it's like you know what when you're unable to work all of a sudden society doesn't value you anymore and people look down on you and look at you different even if at one point like you did contribute like that doesn't matter what have you done for me
1: lately yeah
0: yeah so, wow this is
1: oscar bait too i know you could win something with this one Robert. yeah
0: so this is almost like yeah it's like the social commentary of a parasite of a bong Joon ho mixed with like the imagery of like a tim burton or yeah. like something re- or cronenberg definitely Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah or
1: even like a even like a wes anderson stop motion thing
0: right yeah 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 it's like dark wes anderson tim burton very socially conscious like this is just like a must make and i think since the original story the reason this hasn't been adapted uh when it hit the public domain a few years after in like 2012 there was like a really low budget british movie that was made but Mm -hmm. it doesn't look very good the reason no one's like really tried to adapt this is because the source material is a novella and so it's pretty short it's Mm -hmm. just like three chapters really
1: yeah so how many many like how many how long is each chapter? You know what I mean? Like is it like a longer chapter or is it just like we're talking about like eight pages?
0: Uh yeah, I forget. I read it online, so it wasn't like it wasn't like sectioned into traditional okay, pages. I got you. So I don't know. I got you.
1: Oh, there's there's sixty-two pages.
0: Yeah. So that that's the reason that it hasn't really been adapted. So like adapting it you you do have to add a lot more, but mm. I honestly I think that makes it a lot of fun because there's yeah. more freedom to like add some stuff and explore like different aspects. And you can of it.
1: add a lot of yourself into it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So first thing we're doing for my version of mm. the metamorphosis is it's gonna be set in present day. Right. Of course. Nice. Uh the original main character, his name was Gregor Samsa. We're gonna call him Greg. Nice. Greg Samsa.
1: Whitewash it baby.
0: Yeah. <laughs> In the original book, he was like a traveling salesman. In this okay. version, he's going to work in a marketing department, like an advertising agency or something. Nice, nice. Yeah. So basically the same thing, but present day.
1: All uh, good updates.
0: Yeah. We're really going to lean into like how timeless the source material is because this was published in 1915, but it's still like just as relevant. relevant. Yeah. Even I was talking about Icaru came out and like, 1948 1950 something like that Mm -hmm. still just as relative relevant yeah we don't change yeah we're a a creature of habit really don't yeah so (laughs) we're opening on greg and he's on a date with a girl anna that he's been seeing for a while and they're starting they're just starting to get a little serious they're having a serious conversation but he gets a call it's his job they got a big pitch coming up he says oh no i gotta go and she's kind of upset about this but he's like yeah i kind of got to do it you know my situation and then she's still upset but she could tell that he's stressed and she's like okay you know whatever comes up we could work through it but you know you got to work with me you got to really be in this and it's like yeah i promise i'm in this i just got to go do this work thing real quick essentially after that we get introduced into his normal world right now he's working for an ad agency and they are currently prepping a big commercial pitch for a really big client of theirs. This client is like one of the most evil corporations and
1: yeah. real Bezos. Yeah.
0: So what they're doing is they're doing a bottled water commercial because their company that makes bottled water has gotten into some hot water because there's <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> because You know, they're draining water from a very poor African community and a bunch of them, you know, have just died of dehydration. And so they're trying to cover it up with a real fluffy ad about how, you know, they're throwing some money over to the African charities or whatever.
1: Very modern.
0: Yeah. So not only does he have the stress of he hates his job, his manager does not know boundaries. He's having to be on call all the time. But he's also like working for some of the most evil corporations that, you know, are pushing legislation that says water isn't a human right. Right. Which yeah. there are really people out there like this. Too. Yeah.
1: Mr. Aquafina, we're yeah.
0: coming for you. Uh-huh. But uh we go, we see him at a family dinner. Now this is where we're introduced to his family. His dad is Bert Samsa and And he's talking about how (laughs) Burt Samsa used to be a big movie producer, but he has lost a lot of money on a failed venture. And we've been there. Yeah. He tried, he invested a lot of money in a startup app that he was working at, which basically the conceit of this app was they were going to produce studio quality films into bite-sized segments for your smartphone huh. that you can watch vertically or horizontally. <laughs> Sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he basically worked for Quibi. <laughs> <laughs> they raised over $1.75 billion <laughs> and they crashed three months after launch.
1: <laughs> Man, this is like you're predicting the future, Mr. <laughs> Metamorphosis. <laughs> That's funny.
0: You know, yeah, the dad worked for Quibi. <laughs> <laughs> and they're down on their luck lo- and they live in los angeles they have a really big house in la that they don't want to lose but the mortgage is high so that's why dude has to work their mom margaret samsa she's just a housewife she's used to not working because her husband was successful for so long she doesn't have that many like work skills and then their daughter his sister greta samsa she is a high school senior and she's a musician and she makes like pop R&B music, like Ooh. a Georgia Smith Kalani type person. And she's already built up a pretty good following. She's like really talented and she has a show tonight. And so he's well, going to go out. Let's to go. So we get to see her perform a little bit. We have a, we have a great song that will definitely be on the soundtrack and we'll get a legit R&B artist to cover. So, you know, we hey, could recoup a, some of these costs. I have
1: a friend. This is a bit off. I have a friend who's a pop star.
0: You told In L.A.? Isn't yeah. that
1: weird? Yeah, we'll get her. Yeah, anyway, carry on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's trying to concentrate at the show, but but he gets a work call. He has to go in. Anyway, he gets back. He was like, hey, I, I'm sorry I skipped out on your show. I was like, oh, that's great. Uh, while you were gone, I found out I got accepted into Berkeley, Berkeley Music School, wow. and I really want to go. And I picked Berkeley just because that's where Kenny Beats went to school. <laughs> but she's like, I really want to go, but I don't know if we could afford it. And I was just wondering. And then he stops her and he's like, Hey, I think I think after this pitch goes through, this will be enough as a as success. I think I could like help you with some of your tuition costs for Berkeley Music School, home of famous alumni Kenny Beats. So, <laughs> so that that's all the setup and. Finally, the inciting incident is just the manager is laying in too heavy on him, and he's trying to do some research to figure out what angle to take for this bottled water ad, and he does some research and figures out just how evil this corporation is. They're literally steely water mm. for poor people, and as he's going home, he's trying to go on another date or whatever, he gets another work call, and he just kind of loses it, and he's up all night working on this thing for this evil corporation or whatever he finally just passes out in bed night before the big pitch and then this is when he wakes up and he's a cockroach man so in the novella do they ever explain how he turned into a cockroach uh no or maybe sort of. I'll I'll get. I'll, oh, okay. I'll, I'll sorry, 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 yeah, sorry. I didn't yeah. mean to
1: jump the gun. I was just curious.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. You're good. You're good. So he wakes up and he is a cockroach. Now, I think in in the novella, I didn't quite get to read the entirety of it. I got maybe two thirds of the way through. I think they imply that he's mostly a cockroach, but he like transforms a little. But we definitely in this version, just to keep things interesting throughout the whole feature, there's gonna be like more of a slow transformation process. Ooh. Basically think the fly, if you've ever seen Cronenberg's The Fly, starring Jeff Goldblum. Really Mm, gnarly.
1: The Goldblum, yes. Mm.
0: Yeah. So he's gonna wake up and like (laughs) his like skin is falling off and it's replaced with like the black, like kind of smooth bug skin or whatever. And his hands are starting to like crinkle up and get skiddy. Ugh. and <laughs> this is gross <laughs> yeah 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 so he wakes up and he just lays there and he's like oh no this is bad <laughs> how did this happen i don't know and then his second thought is oh no i had that big pitch today he gets a knock on his door first it's his mom she's just checking on him he's like hey honey you haven't gotten up yet what's going on he's like "Uh." Ah! nothing i'm fine this is just like the spider-man scene exactly yeah then his dad knocks on the door after a few moments of him like freaking out he's like uh son you're gonna be late for work <laughs> don't go don't forget to go to work son We really need you to go to work <laughs> can't be late all day and he's still like properly freaking out he's looking in the mirror he's like Trying to figure out there's, like, still some of his skin on him. He peels it and it just, like, comes straight off. And it's really gross oh, and stuff. Man. And then finally his sister comes to his door and says, hey, is is everything okay? Because they're starting to sense some commotion in there. And yeah. he's still trying to cover for him. And then his girlfriend is trying to call him on the phone. And he's, like, juggling all four of these people, like, kind of talking to him. He's getting texts from his manager at work because, you know, there's no boundaries. He's like texting mm. him at all hours. And then finally, the uh finally the manager actually shows up to his house. Oh man. Because he's like, Hey, you cannot be late for this big <laughs> pitch we got tonight. Come on, man, you're <laughs> killing me. And then finally he opens the door and all four of them see oh, him no. standing in this half human, half cockroach type complexion and everyone just freaks out the manager just instantly books it out of the house and like runs down the street we get a great like one shot like <laughs> Wes Anderson style where we see just like a solid 30 seconds of just him running at <laughs> the distance nice the dad instantly like tries to kill him because he's oh! just like a oh, giant cockroach <laughs> He's like getting oh. a golf club or a broom or something trying to swat okay, him I have another question yeah Is he a human-sized cockroach? Yes, he is a giant cockroach. (laughs) Oh, my God. I think
1: in my mind I was picturing he just turns into a bug. Nope, nope. Full-sized human
0: cockroach. Oh, no. Yeah, and then finally Greg is, like, trying to scream out that it's him. And then finally it's Greta, the sister, that, like, calms everyone down. It's like, hey, hey, I think that's Greg. I think that's Greg. And they, like, start talking. And then instantly the family's trying to figure out like what they're going to do here. They're like, How did this happen? I don't know. What happened? I don't know. Are you okay? I don't know. They're all complaining. And or they're all like trying to figure out what's going on. And Greg offhandedly mentions that this is like the worst day this could have happened because of this big presentation. And that's what the dad hears that. It's like, hey, wait a minute. If you're a cockroach <laughs> How how are you going to work? Oh, no. This whole house depends on you doing work. And so this is where we're going to like add some additional elements to fill okay. out the movie version. But instantly, he's like, okay, we're going to have to figure out a way for you to still work, even though you're a cockroach. Oh, so no. He managed to call the manager. And after some convincing, he comes back to the house. And he's like, okay, this is really weird, man. I don't know. <laughs> How this happened, but I guess we got no other option. This is a big client. We can't lose. Uh I've done I could do some calling. He's not gonna like this a lot, but I think I could convince him to zoom you in for the big pitch tonight. Oh, so, that's right, because it's set in
1: modern times. Yes,
0: yes. <laughs> so we still got some work. We gotta finish this stuff, iron out the details, but I'm gonna go to the office. We'll have you call in from here and we'll just do it that way. And so they're trying to like figure out the pitch. But this is where like he starts to transform into the roach a little more. Like over this point, like some real gnarly stuff is happening where like the bug part is starting to take over and his voice starts to like hiss a little bit. He's having trouble speaking now. And so they're trying to do the pitch, but it's becoming clearer and clearer that. Him transforming into an insect is preventing him (laughs) from working on this pitch. The manager is having to do most of the heavy lift, dude. The manager is like terrible at comforting him during this traumatic time. And we discovered that even though this manager has spoken to him like every day about work for the past few years, he really doesn't know that much about (laughs) Craig. But here he is sitting in his bedroom (laughs) trying to (laughs) work with him as he's transformed into a cockroach. (laughs) Uh, Greta tries to be nice and give him some food uh, she gives him like a sandwich and some milk he tries to drink the milk and instantly throws it up he's like repulsed by it he's like oh no and the so the cockroaches not like milk that happened in the book I guess so oh uh, okay I guess but then she ends up giving him some like rotting fruit to eat instead and he uh, likes that better
1: <laughs> okay that's clever yeah you old people they yep. knew how to write some books bro. yep
0: yep <laughs> <laughs> So we get to the midpoint, which is the big presentation, the big Zoom call. The manager has gone back to the office. The family is waiting in bated breath in the living room couch next door as he logs on and they begin the pitch. And the big CEO of the big company that makes the bottled water or whatever is on the call. And initially, they just have his camera off. Because they're like, yeah, you'll just talk and no one will see you. But (laughs) this dude is a big stickler. And he's like, I prefer to see everyone's faces. I hate people who do that. Everyone turn your camera on. I'm not wasting time if I can't see everyone's face. It's bad enough we got to mess with this technology and stuff. This is in 2020. (laughs) I invested in Quibi. Yeah. (laughs) And so... There's this big test, but we're like, oh no, what's gonna happen? How's he gonna get out of this? But he ends up like putting one of those like filters on the screen, <laughs> and he's like, oh no, I think I think there's something wrong because he's like, there's like a cat or something. And he's like, I promise, I'm not a cat.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be absurd. Me turning into a cat. Yeah.
0: He's like, all right, fine. I guess I guess we'll do it this way. Give me the presentation as a cat, and he's like trying to do it. <laughs> but his like jaw is starting to clench and it's starting to like transform into the bug jaw. And, like oh, mandibles no. are starting to poke out of his cheeks and he's like hissing more than he's talking and he's having a really hard time. And this old <laughs> dude is like, sorry, I can't I can't understand you. Say that again. This is why I don't do this tale of stuff. Say that again. <laughs> and then finally the mandibles like rip out of his cheeks and it causes him to react. He accidentally like hits the laptop and the filter goes off everybody sees cockroach him
2: oh and they all gosh. freak
0: out and they hang up and the family could tell they're like oh no it's over it's over he blew it
2: <laughs> yeah
0: it was all his fault <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so greg wakes up the next day he's more of a roach and <laughs> <laughs> he realizes that his hands are getting sticky and he starts to crawl on the walls. Uh, something we'll set up earlier is that in his free time, uh, he likes to draw. It's like uh-huh. the hobby that he didn't have any time for. Once he started working at this job, he tries to like draw some stuff in his spare time, but he can't get a grip of the pencils or the brushes or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the sister comes in and starts moving all the big furniture out of his room so he could like climb. On. He has more surface area to climb on. And the dad is like, Oh, I don't know about this. We can't we can't get used to the idea of him like crawling around and everything. Like once once we accept this as normal, it's not gonna go back. But she's like, Oh, he's he's going through a hard time. Just let him have some climbing space. And so that's what he does all day is he's climbing around. Uh
1: I love this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> His girlfriend Anna calls him again and he, you know he had promised that he'd talk to her again and so he answers <laughs> and they're talking he had just like vaguely said that like some difficult stuff was happening and mm-hmm. he'd fill her in later and so he's trying to like be vague about it and be like yeah things you know it's been buggy over been here buggy over here just like my life has changed <laughs> in just the span of 24 hours real real metamorphosis yes. all credits <laughs> There's a, I made this pitch today, but there's probably a lot of bug-related humor that I can add. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But then finally, she's done with him being coy about it. And she's like, okay, look, we've been through so much. We've had this conversation. We could work through anything. Just tell me what's happening. And then finally, he switches from the call to FaceTime. She sees, like, the two-thirds roach, one-third man staring at her. And she just, like, freaks out. And he's like, okay, I promise. I promise. It's scary. I don't know how this happened or whatever. And she's like fully freaking out. And he asked her, like, but we could we can work through this, right? He said we can work through anything. And he's like, ah, oh, I don't, I don't know. And then she just hangs up on that, on that note. <laughs> That's rough, buddy. Yeah. So he's bummed on this. And so now weeks are passing, his condition is getting worse. And on top of that, and the heartbreak, he's just laying down all day, crawling on the wall maybe once or twice a day, but just kind of laying there. Mm. And they're slowly moving more and more of the furniture out. But uh, and we'll get some like inner monologue stuff where he, yeah. he's starting to like think that he's losing his grip on himself. He tries to draw, but he definitely can't hold anything anymore. Yeah. and they're moving all this stuff out he stashes like one photo of anna just to like look at because he thinks like that might help keep him grounded because he's worried if he loses everything he'll just fully give in and become an insect
1: yeah oh man this is good stuff
0: so the father is more and more becoming concerned about how he's just laying there doing nothing and things aren't getting better for him so he's like hey i know uh We've been eating at the table and just throwing some rotten food your way, but uh, join us at the table tonight. We're going to have a family discussion at dinner, (laughs) (laughs) and so we get a dinner seat, and you know, just looks like your average family dinner seat, except for one spot is taken up by a giant cockroach. Everyone else has their nicely cooked meals that Margaret made for them, and then he just has like a pile of rotten food and like compost in front of him. man. And at this dinner, Bert is like, hey, we got to have a practical conversation about the situation. I know this isn't ideal for any of us, but uh, we got to think about what we're going to do because we're in da- we're falling behind on the mortgage. We're in danger of losing the house. So first of all, he reveals, I have some money saved away. I have a good bit of money that I didn't want to spend but I guess now we have no choice we gotta dip into it and then instantly Greg's like what was this money you were talking about I thought you were broke and he's like yeah I was saving this money because I wanted to uh, I I had another startup I wanted to invest in I wanted to uh, oh, resurrect man. an app based game show that would premiere every day on your phone hosted by a really charismatic dude and they would ask trivia questions and people could like win money oh, based snap. on a thing. <laughs> just HQ, HQ. <laughs>
1: oh snap <laughs> and I he's forgot like about hq dad
0: that's a terrible idea people could just like get on a discord server and like figure out all the answers and it the app like it it relies on you giving out money how are you gonna make money on this app dad? <laughs> that's why i'm saving up <laughs> yeah that's why i'm saving up all this money and so he's pissed off because he was like i worked all this time when you had some money good like see money to like do anything else other than that <laughs> Yeah, And then he's talking, okay, well, the rest of us might have to get jobs. Also, Greta, I'm sorry, but we can't help with your Berkeley tuition. <laughs> Dang, son. And so she's bummed out about that. But, uh, you know, she's been the nice one this whole time. She's yeah. trying to be understanding about it. Anyway, Greg laying alone. He's sad. Uh, he's sad. <laughs> yeah. The next day, Greta drops him by some food he has a little conversation with her and he's like, Hey, I'm sorry about the the college or whatever. He's like, Hey, it's, it's cool. There are more than one ways to make it in music. You know, not everyone goes to school. And then he tries to like, she walks away. He tries to follow her and he sees her like getting Febreze out of the kitchen, like spraying everything. And like, instantly is like gagging as soon as she left the room. So he gets kind of bummed out and just crawls back into the room. He stopped like standing on, two legs anymore he's now fully like crawling oh man this is i like this yeah he's mostly a bug but he still has like some remnants of a human face oh but anyway each family member is getting jobs one by one bert has started working as a producer for some (laughs) low-budget commercial shoots (laughs) margaret is working at like a bath and body works type shop and then greta got a job at a record store and they've they're still not making enough income because you know that high level advertising job was really pulling in a lot and so yeah but they still they got a big house in a prime location in la so they're remodeling the top floor and they're transforming it into an airbnb (laughs) and so they're renting it out in the original book they like subleased a room but uh, you know that's that's the modern equivalent
1: hey we stay the same
0: yeah so the whole family has moved downstairs except for greg's room was upstairs and there's no hope of moving the roach room so they uh they just kind (laughs) of like blocked it off and the roach room (laughs) yeah and so oh, there's like man. a wall with a door that just they've made it look like it's like a place you shouldn't go or whatever. Yeah. And so there's a really nice Airbnb with an outside exit and then Greg's room on the other side of this wall. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, Greg is living in that room. They're renting the Airbnb out. And then one day an Airbnb guest pulls up and Greta instantly recognizes this dude. This is like. A pretty big up and coming R and B artist, like like a Bryson Tiller type. That's like you know the R and B trap, just basically the exact wave that Greta is on. She's like, oh my god, this famous dude is staring at staying at R B and B. This might this might it's be my, my ticket, moment. you yeah. know. And like you know, she has really good quality music, a good following to back her up, so she's not like out of line, like going up to this dude or whatever. And so she's really excited, and she is like. On that Airbnb, just doing everything, cleaning stuff up, taking out the trash, making it prestige, just trying to be around that room as much as possible to hopefully sneak a yeah. conversation with this dude. Meanwhile, on the other side of the wall in the roach room, and it's just gotten more disgusting, Greg looks out the window, a car pulls up from across the street. They have a neighbor across the street that's like in his early 40s. He's he said like hi once or twice in the, you know, in the beginning of the movie so we know who he is. But right. uh, he pulls up to his house across the street and who walks out the passenger seat but his former girlfriend Anna who is now oh no, dating this really rich dude. Not only really rich but also like a good 15 years older than her. <laughs> but, is this in the book? No, this isn't oh, in the man, book cuz that'd be
1: crazy. I'd yeah. be like, yo, it's always been like this.
0: Yeah. But he looks out of the window. He's like, oh, not only has she moved on, like, fairly quickly, but dude's like, pulling in a whole lot more than me. <laughs> Man. And anyway, she she instantly looks a little uneasy because she didn't know this is where he lived and sees oh. the house across the street and, like, books it indoors as quickly as she can. Yeah. But uh, curiosity is getting the best of him. And so he sneaks out of his window and tries to like go across the street and he's like sneaking because the Bryson Tiller guy we'll just call him Bryson I guess we'll get the actual singer for this movie but <laughs> yeah we'll
1: get the Bryson yeah, Tiller
0: he walks out as Greta is like taking out his trash or whatever and mm. they meet and she says hey I'm a big fan I also you know I make music too and he's like showing him her stuff like as Roach Greg is like trying to crawl across oh, the street no. but he manages to do it discreetly he hides in like the backyard in some bushes in the backyard and he's watching the two of them he's like grilling food for her and he's like this dude is loaded and you could tell he's like giving her a bunch of like designer clothes, big purse, new glasses or whatever he goes inside to use the bathroom real quick and Anna turns around and he sees he sees the roach or she sees the roach just kind of watching him. And He's like, hey, you can't you can't blame me for this. You know, I I like what we had, but I, I couldn't control what happened. You know, I just I wanted something different in life. You know, I'm, I'm sorry we didn't work out. And then he, you know, he's kind of broken up. He's getting to the point where he could barely talk anymore. Mm. So he just kind of like scuttles away. Meanwhile, the conversation between Greta and Bryson is going really well. And he's like, hey, I actually think I've like seen one of your singles in like a TikTok or something before. I recognize that you're really good. You know, I'm cutting my new album. I mean, that's why I'm here. You know, maybe you could swing by one day if you're free. And then that's when. Greg is trying to sneak back into the house, and he's like, "Wait, what's that?" He's like, "Oh no, a giant cockroach!" <laughs> and he's just shocked Man. by this. He's super scared. Greta's is trying to be like, "Oh no, this is this is this is nothing." He's like, "That thing's been next to me the whole time." And then Greg is like trying to save face, and so he's trying to say. Hey, I'm I'm am sorry. I know I know I look bad. I know this is but and of course like he's mostly mandible at this point, so it's just a lot of gargled hissy, and he's barely getting things out. But he's like, oh. I promise, that's my sister. She's really good. You should really give her a chance, you know. Lord knows we'd we use the money. <laughs> uh, please don't. No, <laughs> but oh, he's fully man. freaked out, and he just like takes out. And he's like, I I am reporting this Airbnb. That's a uh, I've been drinking the same water as this jack cockroach I can't, I can't do this.
2: <laughs> oh. He
0: drives away. He has ruined it. Greta is like heartbroken by this. And so Greta visits her parents because you know. The dad and the mom have already been talking a little bit. Greta has been the one nice sibling, but she yeah. goes up to them and is like, "Hey, you know, I think I think it's time. I think we got to get rid of Greg."
1: <laughs> we have to murder Greg. <laughs> no.
0: no. so they have a family meeting, Bert, Margaret, and Greta sit Roach Greg down, who is pretty much like 4. 95, 97% cockroach at this point. He's Dang, like, son. he's not talking at all anymore. They sit him down. And it's like, hey, uh, we have agreed as a family that we can no longer support you anymore. Uh, I know this has been hard for all of us, Jeez. but uh, you know, we. We can't continue to pay for your your food, your rotten food and your lodging anymore. And basically you're gonna have to get a job by the end of the month or you're gonna have to move out. And he's trying to be like, Where am I gonna find a job? I'm freaking cockroach. Oh man. He's like, I'm sorry, but like this is affecting all of us and Greg tries to bring up, I supported you, but he can't really like talk a lot. You know? oh. Just kind of like yeah, that's different. Look, look, this is this is what we've agreed on as a family, and so for the first time, Greg like walks outside the house and then outside the neighborhood, and he's like walking around and he's like looking for places that are hiring. But of course, everyone is freaking out. Like yeah. as he's walking down the neighborhood everyone's staring at him they're screaming most of most people are like you know beelining it back inside their house but a few like of the braver bed or like walk it out with like baseball bats and shotguns be like yeah yeah don't come near this house and (laughs) if you know what's good for you (laughs) yeah as as he's like walking down the highway or something he's now out of the neighborhood uh His former manager is at a stoplight and he sees him and then he just tries to like play it off as if he didn't see him as if he's like ignoring him or whatever. And he's walking around and finally he could tell that like no one is going to give the time of day. He's the giant cockroach. And so he nestles in a a little piece of shrubbery in the middle of the, you know, in the middle of like the suburbs right off a highway and just kind of falls asleep. He wakes up the next day. He's just chilling there. But a manager of a business across the street has called the cops on him. There's like, hey, he can't stay here. He's diverting attention away from my business. No one wants to walk into my business. There's a giant cockroach across the street. Yeah. So the cops have come and they're like, hey, you're loitering. You got to leave. Dang. He's trying to say, please, I just, I need some help. I need something. But he can't really speak. He like won't go away he tries to walk toward a cop they get a little skittish and then yo what happens he gets shot (laughs) and so the end scene it is Greg's funeral and the entire family is there Greta is saying some words some parting remarks to Greg he's like yeah you know he really was a great brother He was the best. We were very close. And, you know, what happened at the end? It was just so unfortunate. It was so hard for all of us. I just wish we could have helped him. But, you know, and then he walks off stage. She walks off stage and then the camera slowly pushes in and then it goes up and it looks inside the coffin and there's not a roach in the coffin. It is a human body. It is human Greg in the coffin. And so, basically, what that implies is some people who have read this book think that he was never actually a cockroach the whole time. The roach was just a metaphor for how he felt. But he was really, he was just a dude that, due to a physical ailment or mental health injury at work, whatever, couldn't work. And he felt like a roach because that's how people treated him when he couldn't work. And so, that's what we apply at the end of the movie was he was never actually roached the whole time
1: Robert this is your masterpiece <laughs> uh-huh this is this is it this is how you make it big man
0: i was like man i was thinking about it cuz i think i think this material is fair game to adapt it I'm is pretty sure it's public domain it is
1: cuz i i looked uh-huh this is it this is your shot this is you making it big time uh-huh that was beautiful yeah Wow, man, that's. <sighs> if you guys want to hear my pitch, you have to listen to it next week. <laughs> wow, I don't even want to go. <laughs> I don't even want to go. Oh my gosh! Okay, I don't have any notes. Okay, I'll start with that. That that's that's amazing. Maybe maybe. Uh, yeah, no. I
0: We need to make that.
1: We need Honestly, to make that.
0: I was thinking about it. I'm like, the only expensive thing is like all the creature design. Yeah. Yeah. Everything else is... Uh-huh. You need to make it. We need yeah. to make it.
1: Okay. <laughs> wow. I'm blown away. Yeah. Let me tell you about my... Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking to my stupid video.
0: Yeah, it, uh, it, you know, it, it it definitely helps a lot. Like having one of the best authors have a piece of work that has never been adapted before. Yeah, but still, right even, for
1: the picking. Even the stuff that you added was just,
0: oh,
1: man. Okay, I <laughs> I'll make this quick. <laughs> okay,
0: what what do you got?
1: So I too decided to uh, update a novella. Okay, from. A uh an author by the name of Washington Irvin. Okay. Who wrote a novella called The Legend of Sleepy Hollow.
0: Ooh, okay.
1: Yes. Okay. I wrote my version. I will say my version uh it kind of could uh take it could be a sequel to the book.
2: Yeah.
1: Or it could be a continuation of okay. the book.
0: Um When did the book come out?
1: A long time ago. It's in the public domain. 1819. Uh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Long, long time ago. Um, <laughs> this isn't fun anymore, Robert. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. Okay. So we open. We see Ichabod Crane. He's dancing at a party. And, you know, this is an old-timey, like, ball. Yeah. The whole town is in the, the hall. Oh. That's what they call those places, right? uh and he's uh and he's trying to woo the woman that he's been chasing in the town of Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> she's been uh and and she's been trying to decide between him and his rival suitor, Braun von Braut. Right? So it's been very like a it's a competition. How oh, do I choose Ichabod Crane or do I choose Braun von Braut? And the party is filled with fun and music and dancing and alcohol. And she's dancing quite closely to Ichabod. And uh, he's got a goofy face. He's a weird looking guy. But he's grinning ear to ear. And uh, and Bronn is watching from the corner. And he looks furious. He's just full of jealousy. And he watches. Until Ichabod goes to get some water. Or some refreshments on the other side of the, the hall. Of the ball. <laughs> uh, and when he gets over there. He pushes him into this small room. And he grabs him against the wall, he's a big guy, and Ichabod's goofy, scrawny, and, and he's basically is like, I want you to leave town, and I want you to leave Katrina, that's the name of the girl, Katrina, forever, or else I'll end it all tonight, Ooh. and, you know, Ichabod's like, I'm not afraid of your threats, Braun, and uh, <laughs> he fixes his hair, and he walks back out into the dance, and he right back dancing on Katrina. And, uh, and the party goes on for several hours. He's been dancing. Braun leaves in a huff. He just storms out and he disappears into the night. Well, the ball's over. And Ichabod, he's as goofy as ever. And he's, and he's kissing all over Katrina on the cheek. Just like, mwah, 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 mwah. And uh, he walks her to her carriage. And, and she rides off and she blows him a kiss. And he blushes. And he stumbles with his pink face down the street humming a song, happy as can be, and drunk as can be. And uh, he's all alone in the dark, creepy streets of Sleepy Hollow when he starts to hear a clicking noise. Click, 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 click. He turns around, and we see the headless horseman in all its glory. It's lit by dry lightning in the sky, catching catching the the light off of his cape. He's got a pumpkin head. And, uh, and his horse's front legs, they rise up. And then Nieh! when the lightning strikes and it's super cool, like in the movie, yeah. the Tim Burton movie, just uh-huh. looks awesome. And Ichabod's face is filled with terror and he takes off down the street and the horseman chases after him. And Ichabod turns around. Or no no no. He, he turn, turn, turn. He's trying to lose him through the town. He can't seem to lose him through the town. Finally, he sees the bridge that leaves town, and he's about to make it out of town, and he turns around for one last look, and he sees the horseman had taken his pumpkin head off and chucked it at Ichabod. The pumpkin we are looking for through Ichabod's point of view, the pumpkin fills the screen, cuts to black. Title card. The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. That is the book. Okay. Uh the original book. Yeah. So my opening title sequence essentially oh, is it's the, whole the book. book. Okay, we fade back in. Nineteen years later, a young man is riding into town by himself on a pure white horse. This is to uh, thematically rival from the black horse that the uh, headless horse okay. <laughs> <laughs> on an all white horse. He has his bags loaded up on the back of the horse. He rides across the bridge into the town of Sleepy Hollow. Uh, he gets deeper into town. And he turns into this old, run-down motel. And as we're going through the, the town, it's 19 years later, and we're looking at like how terribly it had aged in 19 years. Like It mm. looks terrible. It's run-down. It's gross. And it's even more creepy and dirty than ever. So, he's unloading his bags so that he can go into this this hotel, this motel, or whatever it is. Tavern. I don't know what they had back in 1819.
0: Tavern sounds about right. Yeah, tavern. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, a man and a woman walk up to him. As they're just kind of like, they're just kind of walking down the street and they see him. And, they, and the one guy goes, Oh, hello, stranger, just passing through. And we see that the couple is Braun and Katrina 19 years later. They're married. Yeah. And, and uh, the stranger, the guy that wrote the time, is like, Yeah. Are you going to be here long? Katrina asks and is like, Hopefully, not too long. And then the, Braun is like, Well, I'm Mayor Braun. I don't know if they had mayors back then. Governor? I don't know.
0: Something like that. Yeah. I'm Governor Braun, uh,
1: but you can call – or his last name, Bront. Bront. Where does
0: this take place?
1: Uh, I don't know. Like Victoria, England kind of, I guess.
0: Okay. Yeah. But it's in England? Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: yeah. I mean, I guess I could be doing a British accent, but in my mind, it's a Amer- Like I I like – this is a side tangent. Uh, I like when – um. Old literature like Robin Hood and 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 Sherlock Holmes and stuff like that. When instead of trying to keep it to the actual language, like uh, adapting it into a modern language. Sure. Anyway, yeah. anyway. So he's like, I'm Mayor Bross, but you can call me uh, Braun. This is my beautiful wife, Katrina. And the young man's face kind of tightens. And it's an awkward. This is an awkward interaction. He's like, and she's like, nice to meet you. And the one goes, oh, you have a name, stranger. I don't know why I'm doing a southern accent. Do Do you have a name, stranger? <laughs> and, and he's like... Uh, in it. Yeah, in it? You got a name? <laughs> and
0: he's, he's like...
1: Blimey, you got their head. Blimey, you got, you got a name, mate.
0: Just Oscar Isaac. <laughs> also, side tangent. That's my favorite thing about that. Oh, tally-ho! <laughs> yeah, that is great. <laughs> uh, you, you
1: have a name, stranger. Uh, Jasper. And... Uh, this moment's very uncomfortable. He's like, Well, if you need anything, Jasper, you know, just give me a visit. And he points to his house on the top of the hill and he goes, That's where you'll find me. And uh, so the rest of this movie is it follows Jasper, who is actually Ichabod Crane's son, on his mission to find his father's killer. Um, he becomes friends with like a local blacksmith. He, you know, he's asking around. He's trying to figure mm-hmm. out because he always had heard the legend of what had happened to his father, which was he was killed by the Headless Horseman. Yeah. Um, And, you know, his blacksmith friend is... He, he basically is like, you know, this is the legend of... Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, 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 I know the legend. And he's like, well, then why did you come? And he's like, because I don't believe in ghost stories. The man who killed my father is in this town and he's going to pay. This is a mm-hmm. revenge story. Um the town's annual ball is happening. The same one that we saw Ichabod Crane die in 19 years earlier. And so, uh, Jasper has been asking around. He's, he's pretty much deduced from what he learned from his mom and, and what he had kind of heard through the, the grapevine that, uh, it was Braun. It was Von Braun who murdered his dad. And, and so, um, His plan is to kill Braun after the ball just like his father was killed after the ball. So after the ball takes place or whatever, he's kind of being creepy in the corner the whole time watching everybody dance. But he's got his his friend who's a blacksmith. You know, he's met people. We have other characters and stuff going on. I just can't write everything. And um, it's the end of the ball. And they manage to – he manages to follow Braun out into the dark He's kind of, bronze, kind of stumbling, you know. And Jasper pulls up on his white horse. Click, 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 click. And they have the confrontation. They have the, the moment. He's going to kill him. And he goes, well, it wasn't me. And he's like, but people heard you threaten my father that night. And he goes, your father? My... And he's like, I threatened Ichabod that night, but not his life. I was threatening to tell his secrets. He was like, I threatened to tell Katrina that Ichabod had gotten a girl pregnant in a different town and had left her alone with the baby when he was just like two years old. Wow. Big she would no in that time. Yeah, big no no. And he was like, She would have left him immediately and chosen me. <sighs> wow. That's cool. <laughs> so now Jasper, he's got a He's got a, he's like, well, who, one, who killed my father? But then now he's also struggling with like, oh, my father was not a good guy. Yeah. My, my father abandoned me. Like we thought, you know, that he had gone off on like a biz. like, you know, maybe his mom was a little bit protective and didn't tell him all the details, but you know, this guy's 20, 22 and he's having to understand that his dad was like a drunk who abandoned him and then tried to marry a different woman in a different town. Uh, and, and so then he starts thinking, well, like, what, is, you know, he's, he's still trying to figure out what happened to his dad. He's trying to figure out the murder, him and his blacksmith friend, uh, which I ended up naming, oh, Ronnie, him and Ronnie are still trying to figure it out. And Ronnie's trying to be a good supportive friend. You know, they get real close, like very, like, uh, uh, bromancy, like in, uh, a knight's tale.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and he just starts to think like, you know what? My dad probably didn't even die. Like he probably faked his death. huh so that he could run off, you know, yeah. and then he uses the legend of the Headless Horseman to explain his disappearance. And uh, so he decides, you know what, I'm packing up. I'm going back to home. I don't need this anymore. And his friend, you know, Ron is like, dude, I know you want to leave. Do yourself a favor and stick around for one more day. Huh. Because the mayor's daughter or governor, governor's daughter is coming home from her trip abroad or blah, blah, blah. And you've got to see her, Jasper. Like, trust me. And uh, so he's like, all right, whatever. And he stays. And he goes to the big welcome home party that they are having for uh, the governor, Von Braun's daughter and Katrina's daughter. And uh, he sees the daughter and it's love at first sight. And not only is it love at first sight for him, they hit it off and they both fall in love. And they just, they... Are together all night. They dance all night. When the party's over, they're still walking around the town together. They're they're out and about all night, talking, kissing. Mm-hmm. You know, real romance. Nice. <laughs> and Von Braun and Katrina. You know, they they've been seeing this all night, and we just see Von Braun's face, and he's just like he does not look happy, and just very uncomfortable. Yeah. He drops her off at home. After it's been like hour, like it's it's almost sunrise. That's how late that they stayed out. He drops them off, drops her off at home, and and he he goes back. He's walking back through the town to get to his hotel, and he's walking in the dark, and he hears the and he turns around and he sees the headless horseman, just like how his father saw the headless horseman 19 years earlier. But Jasper has been preparing for this moment his whole life. Uh-huh. He has been training since he was a little boy because when you're a little boy and you hear that your father was killed by the headless horseman, like he believed it. It yeah. wasn't until he got older that he realized, oh, that's not what happened like a man killed my father. It wasn't a uh-huh. headless horseman, yeah. but he was preparing his whole life to fight a headless horseman and he he trained in sword work and 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 fighting and combat and so it's a really awesome fight scene. Uh-huh. And not only does Jasper get the upper hand, but he wins. And he takes his sword and he puts it right through the heart of the horseman, and he feels full of pride, and he's like, he's like, "How do you kill a man with no head? you aim for the heart you know something yeah. real cool yeah. like that yeah. and he and he's so excited and, and and then the horseman pulls the sword out and just throws the sword on the ground and that's where we find out the horseman is a real is real he's not a man,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. he is a supernatural being yeah. And Jasper's face just goes white. And, and he's he doesn't know what he's going to do. And he he's done for. The horseman is lifting up his sword to cut off Jasper's head. And the sun peeks up over the trees. The headless horseman has to take off into the woods. Barely makes it out alive. Jasper runs and he tells uh, his new best friend Ronnie all about it. And Ronnie is just not quite sure at first. He's like, dude, I don't... I don't know man, are you sure it wasn't a prank? Like maybe it was Von Brout. like and uh and then uh a few more nights go past and uh I, there's the plot where um the, the subplot is Jasper's in love with the the yeah, governor's daughter and so they're definitely. doing things but uh so Jasper and Ronnie are out in the town one night and they're going home and they hear it. Mm. It's the headless horseman again. And this time like the boat, it's two on one yeah. and it's super, it's a super sick fight scene. Super cool. Like, uh, imagine like the pirates of the Caribbean fight scene again where it's uh, Jack Sparrow, Orlando Bloom's character and, uh, Davy Jones or whoever it is. Uh-huh. Like the three of them fighting the whole time. It's like that super cool, very complicated. And they fight all night until the sun comes up because there's no way to kill the headless horseman. You just have to like try to outlast him. Until uh the sun rises. And so they fight all night. Sun comes up. And now they're like. Oh man. We have to warn everybody. Like this is real. You weren't hallucinating. I believe you now. Jasper's like. I know. I tried telling you. They try warning everybody. Nobody's listening. They think they're full of it. They think that they like. Got too drunk at the pub. Or whatever. And. That's when Jasper realizes. Like. I gotta get out of town. Like. I'm not safe here. This headless horseman. Is gonna keep coming after me. But. Uh, and and his friend Ronnie's like, dude, you need to leave town. You're going to end up dying. We can't keep doing this. And he's like, I'm not leaving without uh, Catherine, which is the daughter, Katrina, yeah. Katrina and Von Braun's daughter, Catherine. He's, like, I can't. I'm not leaving without her. And so he goes to her and he's like, leave with me. Let's leave. Leave town with me. We'll, we'll go together. And she's like, I want to because I love you, but I can't leave with you unless we're married first. Mm-hmm. She's like. Because how do I know we won't leave here and then you'll run off and leave me? You know, she's, I need yeah. that commitment yeah. first. And so that's what they do. And her parents are not happy about it. And and like, you, there's probably a scene where her mom and dad are talking to her. And it's mostly her dad is just like yelling at her like, you can't do this. Okay. And uh, we're at the wedding. Fast forward, we're at the wedding. And it's about, it gets to the part where uh, the pastor goes, if anyone has any objections, speak now, forever hold your peace. And the headless horseman busts in through the front of the church. Yes.
2: Yes.
0: And uh, you were like, how do I top speak now or forever hold your crabs? This is a headless horseman.
1: <laughs> and uh, the headless horseman. Busts in on his horse, pulls out his sword, and he's about to cut off the head of Jasper once again. And Jasper looks around, realizes what's happening, grabs his bride-to-be, pulls her in front of him. Everybody goes, (gasps) but the horseman stops mid-swing and... and. Everybody's like, "What are you crazy?" And someone's like, "Coward," <laughs> or whatever, thinking he was like trying to sacrifice his his bride to be. And that's when he starts explaining what's going on. And uh, he says that the horseman is being controlled by the same person who told, or, like, controlled it to kill his father. And he points at Braun and he goes, "You wanted Ichabod dead, so that you could have Katrina." And you want me dead so that you can keep your daughter here. It's over. I know this is you. And From Braun's like, it's not me. Like, what are you talking about? Why would I put my wife or my daughter at risk like this? Are you crazy? Like, I already told you it wasn't me. And then Katrina steps up. She goes, it was me. And she explains that Ichabod was a disgusting creep. And then we see the the opening scene, the dancing scene again, yeah. but like through her eyes, what actually happened, and we see that uh, the dancing together all night was like him not leaving her alone, like oh. grabbing onto it, groping her, oh. being real creepy, and like forcing himself on her. And uh, oh, also, I thought this was funny—the goodbye kiss that she gives him as she oh. rides as he, she rides around the carriage is actually just her flipping him off. <laughs> <laughs> but he's such a drunk yes, yeah. that he was like oh he she loves it me yeah, yeah 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 and uh and she she she's a w- basically sleepy hollow is like this very supernatural town and she said i'm a witch just like my mother and my grandmother and my great-grandmother and we've all been able to control the headless horseman just like in the war and blah, blah 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 and she goes and so i used him to murder ichabod because he was a creep and I was using him to murder you because I, I'll i be damned before my daughter runs off with some offspring of Ichabod Crane. And she grabs her daughter, wraps her up in her arms and pulls her away. So that way the horseman is free to pull out his sword and finish off Jasper. But then we hear BAM! The horseman runs out of the room. We look down and we see that Catherine was holding a little pistol. She was wrapped up in her mother's arms. Mm-hmm. And we see blood pouring from her mother's stomach where she just shot her. And her dad's like, what did What did you just do? Von Braun's like, why did you do this? You just killed your mother. And she goes, no, I killed a witch.
0: Whoa.
1: And yeah, and then there's like, the, the ending is basically they, mm-hmm. they end up living happily ever after in Sleepy Hollow. Yeah which leaves it open to, you know, the horseman can come back. But, yeah, that's my story.
0: Dude, I, <laughs> I like that, man. <laughs> I like that it's, it's dark and creepy about the Headless Horseman, but you also managed to get in all the, like, just juicy Victorian-era drama, yeah. like the Jane Eyre, <laughs> Downton Abbey soap opera type. <laughs> yeah, Because, honestly, pe- people looked out on that sort of thing. But that's really what, like, keeps most films running is that sort of like surface level yeah. drama just done really well? well like
1: game of thrones yeah you know you don't watch it for the action and uh-huh. the adventure that's far yeah. and in between you're yeah. watching it because of these family dynamics
0: exactly yeah 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 that's real good Yeah. thanks
1: man uh any other episode i think that would win
0: <laughs> uh <laughs> But yep.
1: I had to pick the episode where you presented your masterpiece <laughs> to the world.
0: Dude, I like that a lot, though. I uh, Does the person dude's about to marry, does she know that his dad was a creep or something? Like, did he tell her that? Because uh, that could almost, think, like...
1: Wait, what were you saying? That could almost what?
0: Oh, because, like if that wasn't the plan, like that kind of like motivates her wanting to get married, like right away. It's like, I need to make sure you're not.
1: Yeah. Like, I think, dad. I think, uh, as he's learning this information, mm-hmm. she, you know, they're yeah. learning it. He's confiding in her. That's why they get so close and, and stuff. And yeah,
0: yeah. I like that a lot. Why did she have a pistol? Um,
1: I think I just was like, Hey, Oh, people back then had guns.
0: They're always packing. <laughs> <laughs> they're always packing.
1: Well, I think also, uh, I think she believed him about the headless horseman. Oh,
2: okay. So I think
1: in her mind she that was going to protect her cuz she was wealthy and I don't okay, think everybody yeah. could afford guns back then. And so I thought maybe she thought maybe she could protect with a yeah. gun. I don't know. I could probably flesh that out in the actual Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's real cool though. I like I like the journey of like that dude ending up becoming his friend. Uh yeah. I think one thing that could help it along is like If, like, instead of the headless horseman just showing up, like, a few times, like, if he was, like, more of a presence where it was, like, every night there's the danger that he could, like, pop out or, like. Oh, yeah. Not that you would, like, show him or anything, but, like, you could, like, build tension that, like, he might be out or, like, something might rustle in the woods or something when they're walking Real suspenseful
1: moments. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, almost, like you know, structure scare is similar to how a horror movie would lead up to a monster reveal and that like midpoint where they duel for the first time would be the big.
1: Yeah. Climax. Yeah. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I think that'd be something that I would, I would like to like write the whole thing, Uh but like, it's not something I care a
0: ton about. Sure. Yeah.
1: But uh, I did, I did really enjoy that. The opening scene was the original novella.
0: That, that was cool too. And then it continues. Yeah. Yeah, And I like how you like, Yeah. You managed to like recontextualize all the characters and add some like really cool backstory. Yeah, like a lot. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Well, guys, remember you can vote for which rival pitch that you want to win this week on our Instagram at WrittenByPod. Plus, we've been posting a ton of stuff every week, every day, pretty much. Uh, go check that out at WrittenByPod. Email us suggestions. This was a emailed suggestion. Yep. send in yours. We will put it in the bowl. We will use it uh, at writtenbypodcast at gmail dot com. Yep. And uh, here's Here the goes. one minute pitches.
0: We need a movie adaptation of the Metamorphosis by Franz Kafka. If you don't know the story, it's about a dude who works a sales job he hates to provide for his family who don't work, but then one day he wakes up and he's transformed into a cockroach and he can't work anymore. And the whole story is about how society values people based on how they work. But what about people that can't work for whatever reason? Mental health reasons, an injury, a disability, society treats them like cockroaches. It'd be a perfect social commentary on today's world. We'd set it in modern times. It would basically be the social commentary comedy of Parasite mixed with the visuals of a Tim Burton movie and at the center of it, the gross transformation from a human to a cockroach, basically like Cronenberg's The Fly. I don't, I don't know what else you want. This is a perfect movie, y'all gotta make it. My classic book adaptation film would be The Legend of Sleepy
1: Hollow. Now this has been done a ton of times, but the way that I would do it is the whole opening scene of my movie would be the story of the novella where Ichabod Crane at the end is killed by the Headless Horseman. The rest of my movie would be telling the story of his son who goes to the Sleepy Hollow and try to find his father's murderer because he doesn't believe in the supernatural. He believes that a man killed his father, not the Headless Horseman throughout the events of the story, not only does he find out that the Headless Horseman is real, but he learned that his father isn't exactly who he thought he was, and uh, he ends up having to fight the Headless Horseman a lot. And at the end, well, we see if he can triumph over evil and end up with the girl that he loves with the help of his best friend, Ron, the blacksmith.
0: Hey, we're back with another one of these.
1: Hey, a short film update. We haven't done one of these in a
0: hot minute, dawg. Exactly, yeah, so... If, if you're just listening for the first time, uh, we shot a short film based on episode two of if this podcast.
1: Double date, but the short film is called Trouble Date.
0: Yeah. And we shot it about a month ago. We've talked about wow. that a good deal. Yeah. We're going to be talking about it even more when we inevitably make the BTS episode that's four times longer than the actual film. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we do it. That's how we do it, baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh so we're doing another update because we Well let me let me put it let me I just saw the first cut. Robert finished the first cut. I was gonna say we finished the first cut, but that would be dishonest because I didn't do anything.
0: Yeah, well we we've been editing and we finally got a first cut of the yes, film. We have yes. watched it. What what
1: were some of your first thoughts? I well I don't wanna give anything away, so I'm not going into specifics, but I will say I'm really excited. I was watching it and I was like, I think this is really funny. Yeah. Because, I mean, I guess that's kind of always the concern when you're writing a comedy is like, well, what if only we find this funny? Uh-huh. But I'm watching it and I'm like, I think it think it's really funny. All the actors are really good. Um, I, I, I really like I think it looks amazing.
0: Yeah. It's definitely it's definitely only going to look better once we get it ironed out. So, you know, the first cut is definitely the biggest hurdle in the edit because they're having to figure out so much. And... Mm-hmm. From here like so much of comedy is just getting the timing right and there there are some places where I think it could be smoother yeah yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna play around with right now we're sitting at about nine minutes which the screenplay was nine pages so that that's approximately unfair, works out yeah. for you know typically it's like a page is a minute of screen time but there there are a few sequences I might try to cut down I want to see if mm. I could like take like 30 45 seconds out of it oh wow we'll see. yeah that's a there's there, there's one part towards the middle that kind of drags for me, and I'm a in the next few cuts just play around with different options and see yeah, if talk. it helps if we lose anything that we need or need, if it's yeah. not needed.
1: You talked a little bit while you were cutting about how difficult it was for table the table scene.
0: Yeah, man, man, table conversations so brutal because everyone the eye line is always changing and the 180 degree rule. You just got to get yeah. everything right. Yeah, And, yeah, that's going to be another part of these next few edits It's just really getting everything.
1: And the thing about troubled date is it's so fast-paced. Yeah. So it's like you got to get it to where those cuts aren't always jarring to the eye, which can be no.
0: difficult. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the plan going forward is I think we're going to have Trevor do a color pass on it. Okay. I talked to him. He's going to do a color grade, and he gets off of – The current feature he's working on in about two weeks so i have two weeks to get a final cut and whatever we have then that'll be what we roll with and then i sent it i got mason bain involved a little earlier this time around he got the first cut and he's starting to come up with ideas for the score so we should have that earlier this time around heck yeah man you sent
1: the uh you sent the first cut to a few people to get notes too so hopefully everybody will get back to you quick and you can get it done in 2 weeks yeah. that just that deadline scares me
0: <laughs> cuz
1: it's like oh man i don't know
0: i i think i got it some, oh, I some, sometimes a deadline it it's helpful to like get you to actually do, do it, it. Yeah. yeah that's
1: a good point yeah, sometimes
0: yeah, with like you're doing something for yourself like you decide when it comes out so when you're like oh, i'd rather sleep can right wait. now yeah you can,
1: yeah You can wait i'm gonna be upset with uh, me yeah <laughs> i'm gonna fire me yeah that's mine i can do whatever i want i'll throw it away if i want
0: <laughs> but yeah tentatively this is kind of fast tracking it a little and if we need to spend more time on it we absolutely will but i love to put it out around the end of september
1: you still have some VFX stuff you have to do, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So all that, I'm probably going to do that after the color. But there are there are quite a few shots that will need some VFX cleanup stuff. Mm-hmm. Just because we, we had some, like, curtains as part of the set elements, and they started, like... Falling. Yeah, they started falling, and some of that's in the shots. So, yeah, yeah. just... But what, when you see it, it'll look like it was never there. That's right. You'll
1: never notice it. You guys won't know a thing. until you Unless you listen to, like, the behind... Because I'm sure we'll go into detail with yeah. all that stuff. Um, I think it would be really cool. I haven't really pitched this idea or anything, but uh, I think it would be really cool if maybe we, we watched it and like kind of broke it down oh, yeah. on camera, cool. posted that or something. I, I don't know. I think that could be cool. Mm-hmm. Because I think the most interesting part about Trouble Day is the fact that we wrote it on the podcast. So you can hear – you can literally listen to episode two and listen to us come up with the idea from conception – all the way to the end of the episode where we kind of have, you know, what the what the short would be. And then you've listened to us with the updates every week practically. You guys were just as much a part of the journey. So once it comes out, I think it would be really interesting to be like, you guys know a lot about this. But we can break it down even more. Because it's, it's our short. Yeah. All of us. Oh. You guys. Us. <laughs> I mean, you guys didn't really help with anything. Oh, no thanks. You're good. But uh, nah,
0: You listened. You're to <laughs> support it
1: by watching it. Yeah, no. It's, but yeah, I think that's what makes it really special is because we've done everything, essentially everything, publicly.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, through this podcast, which and you're I, all listening to. I don't know if anybody else is doing that.
1: I don't, yeah. So, huh, I don't know. I ain't saying we special. <laughs> I'm just saying I don't know
0: anybody else doing it. <laughs> yeah that's the update we'll, we'll hit we'll come back on here whenever we have something else yeah, to say.
1: Boy. Yeah. yeah no but seriously roberts killed that first cut i can't wait for you guys to see it
0: and that does it for this week's episode thank you so much for listening y'all guys it is now time for you to vote on which pitch you think was the best which classic book adaptation do you think deserves to be a movie is it mine, is it Chase's how you're gonna vote, is it gonna go to our Instagram page, at writtenbypod on Instagram, go to our post from today August 1st, it has the same graphic as what you see in your podcast player, you're gonna leave a comment on that post letting us know which one you're voting for, me or Chase, voting will be open until August 14th as for last rival pitches the pink panther pitches our winner was chase chase bridges one bad episode so thank you all for voting for that one make sure don't re- don't forget to vote for this one go over to the Instagram page and vote for this one <laughs> anyway again our Instagram is at written by pod on instagram also if you aren't following go go ahead and follow it it's a really cool page we're doing a lot of cool stuff on that page we'll also be posting reels with our one minute pitches later this week. Anyway, guys, I'm Robert, Chase's co-host. You can follow me at robert 2 underscores Isaac and Chase at ChaseBridges with two underscores. Guys, our email is writtenbypodcast at gmail.com. If you want to send in a suggestion for what we could do for a future rival pitch or a suggestion for a story topic that goes into our bowl that we draw from at the beginning of the Front the Bowl episodes, you could email all that to the email at writtenbypodcast. Guys... I don't I don't know if a lot of y'all know this yet, but we got a Twitter page. We got a Twitter page for at written by pod on Twitter. We started a while ago, but we're slowly starting to be more active on it, posting some more things. Chase is watching through every piece of Scooby-Doo media and he's keeping a big Twitter thread on our Twitter page about all that. So, yeah, definitely go follow the Twitter page. You don't want to miss it. Anyway, guys, we'll see you next week.